Hi everyone, welcome back to Black and Cold, which is a true crime podcast. I am your host, Nichelle, and I am back with another case for you guys this week. If you have not already done so, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this show. You can also leave me case suggestions, which I will put the link to do that in the description of this episode. The case I will be discussing today is about a young mother who vanished without a trace in 2016. Before her disappearance, her family began to notice that she wasn't acting like her usual self, and the events leading up to her disappearance have left many people with questions. This is the vanishing of Ebony Spears. Ebony Shanetta Spears was born on May 12, 1985. She grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and is one out of four children. Ebony has an older sister, an older brother, and she also has a younger brother, making her the youngest girl of the bunch. Ebony had a very close relationship with both of her parents, Harriet and Alfonso Rivers. She is described as being outgoing, responsible, and smart. Harriet spoke on the Vanish podcast about her daughter Ebony growing up, and right before she graduated high school, she ended up getting pregnant and giving birth to a baby girl. Initially, Ebony wanted to pursue a career in healthcare, but now that she became a mom, she knew she had to take care of herself and her daughter financially. According to her mom, Ebony moved to Georgia and took a year off in school, where she then began to pursue modeling but that wasn't giving her the income that she needed. So she began to work at the cable company Comcast and she also enrolled in school at Georgia Tech. During this time in her life, Harriet told The Vanish that her daughter was on a good path for herself. In 2010, Ebony ended up coming back to her hometown as her mother was getting prepared to have surgery and she wanted to be there to help take care of her. This resulted in her permanently moving back to Wilmington, according to Harriet. Ebony eventually became an employee at her daughter's gymnastics school for some time, and she even went back to school herself, all while she was back in North Carolina assisting her mom. Sadly, at just 30 years old, Ebony's life took a huge turn after she was diagnosed with lupus in the summer of 2015. Lupus is a chronic autoimmune disease that can cause inflammation and pain to your body. Some of the symptoms can be extreme fatigue, joint pain, fevers, or even rashes. So Ebony was prescribed different medications to help treat lupus and control her symptoms. And that's kind of where things seem to begin to go downhill. Harriet says that the medication that her daughter was taking began to make her gain weight, which ultimately made Ebony depressed. At this time, she also struggled with keeping a steady job because of her severe depression. Ebony also became sick a lot, and she was always tired or cold, and she even had occasional panic attacks. Harriet told host Marissa of The Vanished that her daughter called her a lot when she began to struggle in public at places like the grocery store. 
Ebony always did for her daughter, but had a hard time when it came to herself. Harriet had to sometimes stay on Ebony's tail about taking her medications and even had to make sure that she was eating daily. Lynetta, who was Ebony's sister, says that she was showing signs of being sick maybe six months or so before she was officially diagnosed. Ebony had multiple emergency room visits and just overall wasn't feeling well or like her usual self. She also pointed out that after her sister did get diagnosed, Ebony began to have a different outlook on life. According to Lynetta, Ebony stopped partying as much and she got more involved in the church months leading up to her disappearance. So this is when things start to kind of take a turn here. On Thursday, January 14th, 2016, Harriet says she received a call from Ebony's boyfriend, Antonio, who told her that her daughter was driving along the road 7476 at 100 miles per hour. Harriet was alarmed by this, so she decided to, you know, basically ask Antonio to try and keep an eye on her and make sure that she makes it back home safe. But when Ebony arrived back in Wilmington, she didn't go straight home. She then drove herself to the police station on Best Street, just a few blocks from where she lived. Now, her parents ended up meeting her there, and they began to get concerned for her. The police reported that Ebony was acting distraught, disoriented, and paranoid, which were all symptoms of the antidepressant medication she was taking, according to her mom. While at the police station, her parents requested for Ebony to seek psychiatric treatment for her recent lucid behaviors. So an EMS crew came, but Ebony refused treatment, so they declined to transport her. The police told the Rivers that if they were concerned about their daughter still, they would have to go to a magistrate or judicial official to admit her involuntarily. No one could force her to be admitted anywhere. And Harriet says she and her husband previously had these conversations with Ebony, that although she was in therapy, if she was ever feeling severely unwell and or depressed, they would have to seek some additional professional help for her. And she agreed with them in the past. So Harriet was a little thrown off that Ebony did not want to get the professional help at the time, but she just feels maybe deep down her daughter knew that she really did need the assistance, but maybe she just got scared when the actual time came. As some time passed, Ebony began to act kind of okay again, and her parents felt comfortable with letting her go home. But just to have, you know, a set of extra eyes on her, Harriet, Alfonso, and others went back to Ebony's apartment with her to keep her company. Eventually, Ebony's parents left, but according to her mom, a friend stayed with her that night to make sure that she was okay. And just to be clear, just in case you're asking yourself, where is Ebony's daughter? During the beginning of that week, Ebony had expressed to her parents that she wasn't feeling well, so Harriet and Alfonso they were watching her at this time. So, you know, they were making sure she got to school and making sure she had anything that she needed. So she was with them. The next morning, which is now Friday, January 15th, Ebony's father picked her up from her apartment at Taylor Home Estates and brought her to his house where she then had breakfast with him. Sometime after they ate, Alfonso then took Ebony back to her place. He also planned on picking up sandwiches later on in that day, and he anticipated that Ebony would drive herself back to their house for dinner that evening. That day, Harriet says Ebony was supposed to meet with a recruiter in regards to employment, 
And when a friend arrived to take her there, she was displaying lucid behaviors again. Ebony never made it back to her parents' house for dinner. At around 7 o'clock p.m. that evening, she called her mom and told her that she wasn't going to come over there anymore because she had eaten a salad and she was just going to stay home. This would be the last call that Ebony made on her cell phone. What's up, New York? As wedding season is here, bring your special day to life with the help of the ladies over at Les Deux Event Design. Les Deux, which means both in French, was founded by two amazing women who are here to assist you with anything from upscale floral decor all the way to helping you plan your whole entire event. You can find their work on their Instagram at L-E-S-D-E-U-X-D. Reach out to the ladies today. Sometime after 7 o'clock p.m., Ebony was spotted walking along Nixon Street by a guy who worked at the local Boys and Girls Club who she knew. Ebony flagged him down for a ride, and from there, he took her to the actual community club. During their ride, this man told investigators that Ebony appeared to be extremely paranoid, and she kept looking around as if someone was watching her. When they arrived at the Boys and Girls Club, which was also on Nixon Street, just a few blocks away from Ebony's home, this same employee told her to wait there for a little and he will take her wherever she needed to go, according to her mother. While at the club, Ebony visited the social worker who worked there, and later they also came out and said she was showing signs of paranoia when they met. Ebony's erratic behaviors continued because at 8 o'clock p.m., she arrived at the Wilmington police station on her own, where she then asked a desk officer to use their phone. Mind you, this was all caught on camera at the station. According to police chief Jim Verone in Star News Online, after being directed to the phone in the lobby, Ebony struggled with operating it and couldn't get it to work. Ebony paced back and forth a few times between the phone and the front desk, and then Verone says that she appeared to be frustrated and that she left on her own on foot. Ebony was then spotted at around 10.45 p.m. when a neighbor saw her outside near her apartment complex and she asked him for a cigarette. Now, the man only had one left, so he didn't have anything to lend to Ebony. And according to this neighbor, she said she would walk to the store and get some. And up until this day, this was the last reported sighting of her. Ebony's boyfriend, Antonio, arrived to her apartment and let himself in at around 11 o'clock p.m. on the night of January 15th. Remember, this is about a 15-minute gap or so after Ebony had that interaction with that neighbor. But when Antonio got there, he was surprised to see that she wasn't home. He waited for about two hours for her to show up, but when 1 o'clock a.m. hit, he decided to contact Ebony's parents as he felt this was concerning, especially given her recent behaviors. And also, her ID, bank cards, along with her purse and car, were all still at home. Antonio told WECT News 6 that his girlfriend never left anywhere without her purse. When Harriet received the call from Antonio, she quickly realized her daughter wasn't being truthful four hours prior when she spoke to her. She originally did not feel like Ebony was home, and apparently she really wasn't. The Rivers first tried to reach out to Ebony's friends just to see if maybe she was with one of them, but no one they spoke to had seen her. 
As hours went by, Ebony still did not show up at her apartment and she still didn't have any contact with anyone and her phone was going straight to voicemail. That's when Harry and Alfonso decided they needed to involve the police. The Rivers officially reported their daughter missing Saturday morning on January 16th after an officer came to their home to write up a report for them. Harriet told the Vanish podcast that because it was a Martin Luther King Day weekend, they did not even speak to an official detective to jumpstart Ebony's case until that Monday, two whole days later. The Rivers said they were told that no one was on duty. In the beginning of their investigation, officers arrived to Ebony's residence to search for any clues, but they didn't see anything suspicious or out of place. They also searched wooded areas near Ebony's home, which included helicopters and even canine dogs, according to Captain Verone, but no positive leads were ever retrieved. Verone also states that him and his team have searched areas more than once just to backtrack, but they still had no luck finding anything that led them to Ebony. Now, although these searches were happening per WECT News 6, Harriet didn't really feel authorities were looking in the right place. She felt Ebony may have been held against her will somewhere. According to Star News, the police have gone as far as following up on a lead that even pointed them to Atlanta, Georgia, which is about six hours away or so. But unfortunately, nothing came from that tip either. With the consistency of her family and friends, Ebony's disappearance began to spread across Wilmington as they passed out flyers with her photos on it with the hopes that she would return safely. Local businesses even showed their support to the rivers by hanging up her pictures in their windows. Ebony's loved ones to this day feel the Wilmington Police Department should have done more when she was in the police station that night she was last seen. They were already frustrated with the delay of her case and also felt authorities were a bit disinterested in it from the beginning. Being that Ebony was given off confusion and strange behaviors while she was trying to operate the phone, Harriet just could not understand why the officers that were there weren't more attentive to her. On top of that, Harriet says she was told that at one point, Ebony got angry at the police station and even cursed at some people. So that right there kind of made her feel like, well, since when do you guys as law enforcement not confront someone who is posing anger like that towards y'all? Ebony never gave any indication to anyone that she was going to leave town. Remember, she is also a mother who had no contact with her daughter at this point. For her to just up and leave with no communication is another reason why her family feels something may have happened to her. Ebony's medication was also left behind, which was another red flag for the Rivers. Her mom stresses that although her daughter was struggling with her mental health, she was typically a responsible person, and for her to just leave and have no contact with anyone is way out of the ordinary. A seasoned officer who was recently assigned to Ebony's case named Robert Pierce spoke briefly on The Vanished, and he tried to clear up why the Wilmington PD didn't detain her or react the evening Ebony was there on January 15th. According to Investigator Pierce, the desk officer asked Ebony if she was okay or if she needed medical attention, which she declined. And Pierce says from what he read, Ebony just seemed to be upset. The desk officer didn't seem to be concerned safety-wise. 
So from the authority's perspective, it seems she didn't give any indication that she needed to be helped or detained. The Q Center for Missing People, which stands for Community United Effort, also became involved in the search for Ebony. They organized their own searches and even offered a $3,000 reward quickly after her disappearance, hoping somebody would come forward. But that reward expired shortly after it was put out. Then one month later, in February of 2016, Crime Stoppers increased it and offered $5,000 for anyone with information leading to Ebony. A few of Ebony's associates, friends, her boyfriend, and neighbor were all interviewed. The neighbor was even able to give authorities a description of what Ebony was wearing the day she asked him for a cigarette. And his description matched to what she was seen wearing on the video at the Wilmington police station. Initially, Ebony's family was denied when they asked to see the video surveillance. According to Harriet, her and her family received many conflicting stories about the footage to begin with in regards to Ebony's behavior, her movements, and if there was even video from certain angles in the first place. The Rivers were eventually allowed access to this video where they were able to watch some of their daughter's last movements. It has not been released publicly up until this day. So I'm just going to backtrack a little to some weeks before Ebony vanished. It was learned during the investigation that she had booked a stay at a hotel in Wilmington sometime before January 15th. During her time there, she had accused staff members of stealing her items, according to WECT6. No evidence to support her accusations were ever found by the police. Also, in the weeks leading up to her disappearance, Ebony mentioned to her parents that she felt people were following her. So I just wanted to point out these things because her mental health concerns began prior or way before, you know, the week of her actual disappearance. Months after she was last seen, the police were finally able to obtain Ebony's phone records, but detectives found no signs of activity after the last call she made to her mom. I haven't found a clear confirmation if her phone has been recovered up until this day. There has also been no activity on Ebony's personal bank accounts or her social media accounts. Feeling like she was making all of the efforts and calls to the police for updates, Harriet struggled with how she feels Ebony's case was being handled. Two years after she disappeared, with the help of her co-workers, Harriet continued to spread awareness about her. She even began putting Ebony's photos on water bottles and handing them out to people traveling to keep her name alive. Three years went by, and then four, and each year, Harriet and her family continued their search. They continued to look to the public for assistance. Harriet told WECT6, quote, If you know something, you've heard something, come forward and say it. Tell it. Quit being a cowardly lion. Come forward and say what you know, end quote. Local vigils and awareness walks were also held in the years that passed after Ebony was last seen, but no additional leads have been reported thus far. And this investigation, sadly, has been pretty much at a standstill for now five years. Ebony's family has stressed that they will not stop searching for her, and Harriet is just continuing to be strong for her granddaughter, y'all, but she deserves to know what happened to her daughter these past years. It only takes one person to come forward, and I truly hope the Rivers, overall, will be able to get the answers they are searching for, 
and that Ebony can be returned home safely to her family, especially to her daughter. Ebony would be 36 years old today. She is anywhere between 5'4 and 5'8. Her measurements online have been reported different on multiple sites, so I'm not able to narrow that down specifically. She has two tattoos, a rose on her right shoulder, and a butterfly on the top of her right foot. Because of her medical history, Ebony is classified as endangered missing. If you have any information on the disappearance of Ebony Spears, you can call the Wilmington Police Department at 910-343-3600, or you can contact the Q Center for Missing Persons at 910-343-1131. If you or someone you know is struggling emotionally, or if you have concerns about their mental health or your mental health, you can contact the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration at 1-800-662-HELP.